Oh, I threw you a curveball. Didn't play the jingle. I was going to play us out with the jingle and in with the new little, what do they call that? A sound bite? It's like an audio signature. I don't know, but I like it. And we haven't used it enough, so I thought, let's let's do it now. Welcome back to Fitness Freaks. It's, we've just been talking, actually, about how excited we are that more than just our mums are listening to us. So if you are listening for the first time, welcome aboard. And if you've, if you've come back, thanks. I'm not sure why you have, but we're really, really chuffed that you have. Hopefully, we've provided some kind of value, I guess, in the last few weeks. So as always, I'm here with uh, George Steele. Hi, hey everyone, um, thanks for all the feedback I've received as well over the past few weeks, positive and negative, and to you guys that have been listening every week and messaging me, uh, not just my mother. Yeah, thank you everyone. Big up the people, and Sam Begg as well. Hello Sam. Hello everybody, and I'd like to complain about the guy who egged my house, <laughs> which I can only assume was related to this. <laughs> yeah, it has to have been. It can, it can be no other reason <laughs> than a bad episode of Fitness Freaks. <laughs> in fact actually I, by the time people are listening to this hopefully they will have listened to last week's episode where we talked um to rob griffiths and I, I just went through it i was editing it just before we started this show and it's it's unbelievable even listening to it again how much it got my mind buzzing about all of the ideas that he came up with and the things that he told us and i, I know that there's value there for for everyone else so if they haven't listened to it definitely go back to last week's one listen to rob griffiths he is a wise man and uh, i went down to mary and i was i literally said to her i was like i don't know how brains know that much i think he's a contender for a um a re-show Get him oh, on again. 100%. I mean, he, you could talk to him for hours and hours and hours and he would offer insight into so many things. Really good guy. So this week, what we thought we would talk about, uh, because we're, we're heading into winter, hurtling into winter, you could say, we thought we'd talk about how we're selecting our races for next year, the types of things that we look for in a race, um, when they are in a season, just essentially we just thought we'd chat about how we select a race and then if we've got some time we might talk about how we then actually perform in that race and and what the things that we think about whilst we're racing racing but um first of all let's throw it over to one of you two like uh how how do you look for a race and select a race for next season i'm interested to know i get my winter uh winter training kind of structured almost for me. I'm a member of a running club and they have a series of races that go on that are cross country, their road, and then um, they kind of build up throughout the year. So you start off doing the shorter, sharper stuff for cross country and then 5Ks. And then further on through the, the months, you build up into 10Ks, half marathons, things like that. And that works really well for me for my running. Mm -hmm. And yep. actually what I find is that then the rest of my year sort of falls into place around that. Um, having the, the shorter stuff to get you out of the winter and get you motivated to go fast works really well for me. Yeah, it sort of maps itself out. So around big uh, kind of around the longer races that I have planned, so the half marathons, the even 30k races that the running club enters me for, I find those are the best times. That's the best window to get a long distance triathlon in because you're kind of you're running fitness and your aerobic fitness go quite nicely hand in hand. So maybe six weeks, four weeks, either side of that long running race, I'd look to get in something long. So maybe a middle distance race or uh, an extended Olympic with like a long bike or something like that. Um, and that kind of helps you get the focus in for listening to what your body wants to do, really. 
So is, is your season, Sam, next season, are you predominantly looking at running with a little bit of triathlon or are you, would you say you're the other way around? Are you still going big on the triathlon with running in the leader? It's it's looking more and more like I'm going to go running focus next year. Um, yeah. Primarily because I had a space for London Marathon this year, which didn't go ahead, but I've been offered mm. it again for next year. So that'll take place in October next year. So we'll most see of you the there, summer buddy. Hey, nice. I'm in. I can't wait. I'm, yeah, it'll be my too. first one, and I'm really, really excited for it. Oh, it's, it's was, the best thing I've ever done. Oh, yeah. That's what everyone always says, and it's, I'm really, really looking forward to the atmosphere, the people, the, the whole experience, really. For oh, me, yeah. the time and the kind of actual race is secondary to having an amazing time. Oh, definitely. Like, it, it wouldn't have mattered if I would have blown up in that race, actually. The fact that it's, it's I think I've said it before, but it, as I say it always, it's, it's that... People come out who don't know you, and they might not know anyone in the race, and they scream for you like they were your best friend, and it's it's mm. unbelievable. Like the just the human warmth and kindness, it's, it blows my mind. I think uh, it's fairly similar to the atmosphere out in Roth. My oh yeah, my brother, my brother did London this last year, and I went and supported. And the only time I've ever experienced anything like that was on the hill, the solar hill at Roth, oh, yeah. where I went out. I went out to watch my friend and do a bit of work out there. And the guy I know was so moved by the uh, the support and the atmosphere going up the hill that he had to wipe away a tear from inside his aero helmet. And I'm not surprised. It's, I, and I, 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 I just... Go on. Go on, sorry. Well, Where I was just going to say, I was on the verge of tears almost the entire run on London. I genuinely was. I, I was just holding it together the whole race. Mm, amazing. Amazing. So, George, how do you pick a race? What are you What are you aiming for next season? Um, so, to be honest, I so what I'm aiming for for me personally is the Ironman seventy point three World Championships. Tick qualified for that. That's in the diary. Mm-hmm. Um, then the Middle Distance European Championships, which is a half Ironman but run by the ETU, uh, qualified for that. That'll be in Austria. Oh, that's the World so they, one. Yeah, they dictate my race calendar. So really, I then just work off those two and anything else that's in the diary, whether it be weddings, um, holidays with friends, because you've got to have a social life. And <laughs> Not when you're my age. Things. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then really, I just try to pick races um, which I'm going to enjoy. Maybe I can see friends afterwards um, and really... On the enjoyment side of it, that's important. So, for example, Heaver Castle, I came down, yeah. uh, saw you. I'm trying to do races like that where I can have some fun. Uh, but really, across the season, I'll try get a, a running race in, um, maybe around April or May time. Uh, ideally, a half marathon just to see where I'm at fresh. So, get that clean half in to know what I'm capable of. Yeah. And then, before my first um, middle distance race, I'll look to maybe do an Olympic distance or something along those lines, like a quarter distance, like I did again this year, mm-hmm. just for that top end speed and to dial me in. But really, it's just di- dictated by those A races. Um, but not everyone has those A races. So I think what's probably worth us uh, noting here is that it's finding races that are, are fun, you know, races with friends, races where, like you said, it's going to be a good time going down, getting supported. Uh, and it's going to be an enjoyable experience. You're right. That I mean that, but that can be an A race, I suppose. It's just a different type of A race in that if 
if you find a race that you think you're going to love, you build your season around it and it's an aspirational goal and it doesn't have to be, you know, a huge marathon. It could literally be a 10K, but the 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 fun is, I guess, and I, listening to both of you and how you plan your seasons, it's the same way as I plan mine is I have things I've qualified for or I've paid hideous amounts of money for those are the two <laughs> and like iron man copenhagen is you know i've been trying to do it for three years and the money is still in that race so as it stands at the moment it's like well i'm locked into that so i'm building my season around iron man copenhagen at, in august and then in um october i have the london marathon so i actually i would call it like i've got quite a little bit of um what would you call it like credit to play around with in the early season like that's the fun for me is I'm there's no pressure. I don't have to do a race I don't want to. And you were both talking about something that I call process goals. You probably call them the same thing, but you know, the process goal is a half marathon, flat out, see where you're at, or a, a sprint distance triathlon, see where you're at. And you, the fun of the season is picking your your number one race. I think anyway, like picking your big race, the one that you're like, man, that's going to be so exciting, and then building everything around it, process goals and lead-ups and all of that fun stuff. It's it's really fun when you actually, when you sit down and start the planning phase, right? Yeah, it is. I'm a big planner. Um, I, I bloody love a diary. <laughs> the more features my diary has, the better. Yeah. I love this planning. doesn't surprise me at all. No, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. One of the cool things about it is seeing where you've got space and then finding a race somewhere new, you know, going somewhere you haven't been before and getting your runner shoes on and racing is fantastic. Well, I met you in Italy, didn't I? Do you remember? I mean, we literally both yeah. probably had the same idea that we would plan like almost like a holiday with a cool race at it. Like that's how I've tended to work because it's the only way I can trick Mary into coming to watch me um, and being my support crew is that I can guarantee her. I can't guarantee it, but I can nearly guarantee she'll be warm and it might be by a beach and she might be on a holiday. Yeah, exactly. And that's it. It's because no one likes going to these races alone. So you want to go with family and friends. So don't pick a race that's in the middle of nowhere and there's nothing for them to do. Yeah, we're staying in a caravan it's, it's in worth, Bridlington midwinter. Worth, it's worth saying on that, though, as well, that your A race doesn't have to be some far-flung, exotic uh, Bahaman, Bahamas location. You, can, you could do it just down the road. And a lot of people that yeah, I know yeah. and have grown up with do their their big race of the season and it's not necessarily a long distance race it's not an Ironman it's not a marathon it's their local 10k but mm. I think every race that you do the structure around that can stay the same and you can kind of build up nicely for that you can peak you can do all the things you said like the process goals in the meantime a 5k in the build-up doesn't have to be a, a, a race but still having that same structure around your training and uh, giving giving that focus and drive to get there in the, the best shape you can be. Yeah, there's some there's some cracking little local races all around the country, isn't there? I mean, I love the idea of um, Paddock Wood. I, do you know what? I've been trying to do it for eight years. It's a flat half marathon. My, <laughs> my half marathon PB is, in comparison to the rest of my PBs, is shocking because it's the it's the PB from the Tunbridge Wells half marathon, which is hilly. Um, so I, I have never run what I would call a PB course half marathon. So my, mm. it's really, really far off. But things like the Brighton 10K, like that's a staple of my season. I absolutely love doing that. And it's, 
you know, it's not a huge race in terms of, you know, all the glitz and glamour. It's got a couple of thousand competitors, but it's a it's a real good, fun race. Yeah, I, I can definitely back that one up. I love that race. Yeah, and the beauty of that one is, like, I'm, you know, some races I run and I could finish in the top 10. That one, I'm, like, not even in the top 100 of Brighton 10K, and <laughs> I'm quite, I quite like that. You know, you are literally seeing some of the best athletes in the country come down there and do that. In fact... Uh, who was it who won a couple of years ago? It was um, the triathlete. Uh, what's he Alex Yee? No, it wasn't Alex Yee. It was no. one of the old, one of the older guard. You know that was was racing around the same time as um, Ali and Johnny. Uh, kind of when Stuart they were Hayes, in. maybe. Who was it? Was it Stuart Hayes? Uh, no, it wasn't Stuart Hayes. It was after him. I'll think about it. It was Mark someone. <laughs> Mark, Mark someone. Um, anyway, you see, you see people, and you you can't fathom that people can run that fast and they're not even, you know, touching on the Mo Farahs of this world. We've gone off on a, mm. we've gone off on a tangent, but I just, I think it's fantastic to watch fantastic runners and there's something really inspirational about it. So, and I, I think going back to my original point as well, the real benefit of getting your, your races kind of involved with a club or friends or something like that is it gives you an experience on the day as well as during training. Not only do you have all your mates there to kind of pull you through the hard sessions when it's raining when it's wet when it's cold but on the day you get that experience of sharing the car down to the race or uh, celebrating together afterwards or just having lunch together afterwards yeah. and that kind of adds a new dimension to racing for me that I love shared experience exactly yeah yeah it's great so here's my question for you two now because I I know how my mind works and I I'll tell you mine just quickly first is I want to know what what you look for not in the location of a race but what you look for in a race so for me as you probably gathered when I'm saying Paddockwood Brighton flat uh, yeah, <laughs> the the one in, I mean how flat was the one in Italy George I mean it the bike was pan flat it was ludicrous um so I don't know why, because when, when, when we spoke to Mark a couple of weeks ago, actually, he, re, you know, he really changed my view on it all, saying, actually, why not do a really horrendous hilly triathlon? Because then you can't compare it to your actual PBs in each of those individual sports. But I still, I don't know, I think I'm better on the flat. I can tick out a good rhythm, whereas you put me on hills. And even though like I'm like a shaved bird, I, I'm not great. So what do you guys look for? I can't say I've heard that expression before. What, a shaved bird? <laughs> like like, like all, a shaved bird. All my mates call me that. They send me pictures every now and then of like these like featherless parrots and stuff. And that's pretty much my <laughs> nickname in our group of friends. <laughs> um, oh, it's a tough one, really, because for me, it's a lot about the dates just based around the schedule. But I guess if I had, if I had completely free reign over it, I'd be looking for somewhere that excites me. Um, not just abroad, like in the UK as well, going new places. Um, but for me specifically on a training and performance point of view, um, a flat run, a flat bike and a, a, a reduced distance swim. <laughs> How about a flat swim? <laughs> yeah, a flat, a flat swim I there. want a downhill swim. <laughs> Did you see this? I'm showing the boys my, the picture that my friends send me mostly. Can you see that? Oh my god, that's brilliant! <laughs> what even is that? It's a shaved parrot. Well, a, pa a, a hairless, featherless parrot. How, parrots don't have hair, do they? Featherless parrot. That's essentially the picture I get quite often from from friends. <laughs> I think one of the things, if you really enjoy the process um, when picking a race, 
um, you know, go recce the course. I think that's part of the fun of it as well is yeah. either wrecking it in person or getting the GPX file and riding it on your, you know, if you've got a smart trainer riding it on that. So it puts the resistance on for the hills. Um, for me, that's part of the enjoyment is that recce learning the course and almost applying principles of training based around my A race. So thinking, all right, I need to do a bit more hill work so then I can really hit the hills hard and gain that time. Mm. That's all part of the planning that I enjoy. And I like looking at, okay, when am I going to need to start my acclimation process to make sure the warm weather doesn't kill me off? When should I start looking at speed work? And I like getting into the detail of all that and getting it in my diary. Oh, there's something huge to be said about riding the course beforehand. I mean, it, it for me, it's it's one of the big game changers, and it's not always 100%. possible. But I I love knowing when I can really when I can push hard, when I have to think about turning a tight corner, all of those things. They make the the small differences, don't they? Massively, yeah. It's it, it's something I didn't do for the Heaver Castle Triathlon where you saw me <laughs> and Jesus Christ, I wish I had just <laughs> having that mental heads up that, you know, there are some like sapping Hills on this two loop course. So and I couldn't even you know, convey that to you. I tried to convey it, but I don't think anyone can com do it justice about just how nasty that hill, that, that, uh, course is. Yeah. It's cheeky. Yeah. It is cheeky. So yeah, to put it lightly. How do you pick a racer? So I think that I choose a race. I like to choose races that are, local to me i always like supporting a local race yeah um one of my big factors is that it shouldn't start too early because i am a lazy boy <laughs> <laughs> um but primarily i think i just i like a race oh, that's can you hear that noise hang on what's that noise it's, oh it's because no yeah I, my headphones fell onto the keyboard <laughs> carry on <laughs> sorry <laughs> um i like a race that isn't too big I, I don't really like the idea of kind of wading through a, a lake with five thousand other people or having all these other people out on the bike to kind of com comp compete against and weave around and stuff like that so i kind of look for a race that's a medium-sized race i'd say yeah so maybe i don't know 500 people thousand people something like that um and then after that i I kind of, I do embrace the hills. Like Mark said last week, I think that's something that A, I'm quite good at on the bike and especially on the run, mm. but B is also uh, kind of draws me in and that's the, the type of race that I seek out. Um, there's a really cool running race that I did down in Ashford a few years ago, which is basically, it's a trail run, but it's called the, the devil's race because it's 6.66 miles. Oh, and yeah. what is just over a 10K, which should normally take, I don't know, 35 40 minutes something like that took i think almost an hour just because really? it was so brutal there were hills that you had to pull yourself up with ropes and stuff like that and i love that so oh, do you i need to yeah, love that I... more because i struggle to love that I mean, i've done one ultra marathon and i felt like my legs were broken and i, I just i look back now i guess fondly but i don't think i felt i don't i wasn't a fan of it while i was doing it yeah, it's definitely that type two fun, isn't it? That in the moment you're cursing yourself and you're, yeah. you're thinking, oh, past Sam is such a dick for signing me up to this. Yeah. But I, I always look back and fondly on them. I quite like that. Is that what you call it, a type two fun, where you look back fondly? Type two fun, than... yeah. So you never, you don't actually enjoy it whilst you're doing yeah. it. But, <laughs> but in a month's time, in six months' time, you look back and think, actually, that was good. Oh, that's brilliant. 
I'm taking. I'm stealing that. Thank you. That's a good <laughs> That's one. That's how I ended up getting into sports. Was um, an endurance run. So someone bet me ten pounds that I couldn't run like this local um, long distance race, which was the Keswick to Barrow. I think it's about forty four miles. Mm. They were like, "Yeah, bet you ten pound you cannot run that in under." I think it was under ten hours. And I was like, "Nah, I can do that." So I did it with very limited training or <laughs> knowledge. So I wasn't carrying gels. I had like a bladder full of water. And then I was just running along for 44 miles, picking up bits of orange from the aid stations. Oh, nice. I was in bits. Um, I finished in, I think, just over eight hours. So I was like, nah, next year I'm going back. I'm going to go sub eight. Um, mm. So I went back, did it again. And again, pure naivety, no gels, nothing like that. Just food from the aid stations and a bladder full of water on my back. It rained constantly that day. Um, I chafed so hard. And just since then, I've been like, yep, don't need to do another endurance run for the rest of my life. That's me done. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like tick in the box. Yeah, that is. Move on, tick. Thank you very much. Goodbye. I um. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for that approach, though, when you were saying it, is is the my biggest limiter is not my body, it's my brain. It's it's that I kind of know or I think I know what I'm capable of. And so therefore, I don't necessarily sign up for things. You know, it it took me eight years of doing triathlon to get myself to a place where I was like, I'm ready to do an Ironman. And it took me five or six years of running until I was at the place where I was like, yep, I'll do a marathon now. And there's something to be said for that other way of like, just going, well, we'll see what happens. Like, you know, I don't know what I'm capable of. So let's see. I wish I was more like it. There are definitely people in both camps. It's it's a real split for me. I think you get a lot of people who are, oh, I've really started liking running. I'm going to do a marathon. Mm. Or there are people who think I've just started running. I'll train myself up and I'll do a 5k and then next year I'll do a really good 10k and then build up through the through the distances every year and you get I think it's either you're one person or the other yeah and who am I to say one way or the other because you know people go to me oh should I do a marathon this season I have, I've just started running and my default would be no do like do like I did do 5k do 10k do half a marathon do a marathon in a couple of years but actually there's a ton of people out there that start with marathon and they stay in the game. It's not like they just do a marathon and they're out. They they start and then they're in. I think it's you've got to be sensible about either either approach, don't you? Really? Yeah. Well, that's the key, uh, isn't it? Yeah. And that's what that's what Everything I was going to say really about really. the winter. Actually, is is the way the way I approach it in terms of my planning. So once I've once I've got my race in, this is my favourite bit. Is I'll go on training peaks and I'll create my new annual training plan where I'll work in four week blocks backwards from my a race to even to now so I, I literally know which base phase i'm in what i'm focusing on in each base phase which gives me this strange sense of excitement just but I, I guess maybe it gives me purpose i don't know but it's it's one of those things that i really love doing as soon as i know what i'm aiming for is working all the way back and knowing when i switch into the build blocks and all all of that stuff yeah, I get you on that. It's nice to plan and have that because a lot of people, I think, can lose focus over winter. Mm. Um, even even if they've got a race booked, um, you know, I, I've did it as well. You know, I've got loads of stuff coming up, but oh, you just think, oh, it's so long away, and oh, I'm just in this base phase. There's no intensity, 
But I think owning your training, even if you've got a coach, you know, you can still own your training. Say you want to do things, say you want X, Y, and Z in your program, whether that be Zwift races, going on your weekly run with your friends, having ownership of your training will definitely keep you motivated. Um, I think it's great to be, I think it's great to be coached and I am a huge advocate of coaches. Um, But I also think you need to have some input on your training. You know, it should be a discussion between two people so that you learn as an athlete and also the coach can learn about about you putting in the sessions you like to ultimately going to keep you motivated definitely a good coach just gives you ownership i mean your coach was my coach and he's a really great guy and he does give you ownership doesn't he kind of you know you're 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 part of the process which is which is really important um any coach that kind of just tells you what to do week in week out without discussion or fitting things around you, you know are they really a coach i mean what are, they're more a dictator, I guess. Yeah, and I think that's one of the big things, going off tangent here, one of the big things you see in coaching um, more and more now is, oh yeah, you know, 24-7 access. Because I think that's important. Mm. Gone are the days where coaches just set you a training plan and you do it. Life gets in the way and I think coaches now need to be more adaptable. So, oh, you've got to be fluid. Yeah. You've got to be. Like, I, I yeah, don't if, think I have a week go by when, when all of the athletes I coach need to change something. Yeah, it's life. Yeah. Life is busy now. And also, you should be speaking to your coach about races, um, you know, running races by them. Say, I've got this race is my A race. Should I do some before it? Is this too close? Is this too far away? Uh, for me personally, I like to have, you know... I at least four weeks between races. Um, mm. Sometimes it has to be less given the the army race calendar and then my own personal race calendar. But ideally, in an ideal world, I'd have four weeks between races. I think two is manageable if they're, if they're middle distance, so half iron. I think yeah. if it's a full iron, uh, I'd go a lot longer. But having never done a full Ironman, I wouldn't want to comment on the doms you get from that. Oh, I haven't even done one yet, sadly, but I'll, I'll let you know when I have. Um, no one on this podcast can comment. <laughs> I know we can. Listeners, please let us know how it is. Have I ever told you, did I ever tell you about um, my friend Scott Fennick, who was on the Level 3 course with me and, and what he did? I can't remember if I told you before about what he did with his athletes that he coached, which I've always found so fascinating with his use of training peaks. Did I tell you about that, about how he lets you spend your credits? Uh, I remember you telling me, but I think the listeners will appreciate this yeah, one. Yeah, so if you use training peaks, and even if you don't really, it's, it was some. It was a really interesting concept that he came up with, and we were like, oh, we were all blown away when he did it on the course. And, and I, I will get him on the podcast at some point. He's such a nice guy. But he came up with the concept of, so when you train on training peaks, everything that you do is allocated a training stress score. So a run could be, for example, if it's a pretty intense but short run, it might be a training stress score of 60. And if it's a long hour and a half, two hour run, it might be over 100 training stress score. So, you know, everything's allocated something as to what stress that puts on your body and then to what fitness that then gives you and and your fitness levels go up over time. And what Scott did with some athletes who he was, he knew wanted a bit more ownership over their training, or maybe were going on holiday but still wanted to train, stuff like that. He'd set them some non-negotiable sessions, the ones that he were like, right, I think you need to do this in your training block, so I'm going to put these into your week. But that costs that many credits in training stress score. Let's say that costs 200 credits. I'm going to give you... 200 credits of your own to spend when you want 
and you can decide, and this is what this costs, this is what an intense run costs, this is what an intense bike costs, this is what a long bike costs, go nuts, choose what you do, when you do, but but they're your credits, I don't want you to go over because I want to manage your stress and I don't want you to overtrain. And when he, he presented that to all of us and everyone just sat in silence, we were like, why has no one ever thought of that in training, Pete? It's such an interesting way of giving real ownership and a sense of purpose to an athlete. It blew my mind. Yeah, I really like that. I think that's a really, it's a really good concept because you get the key workouts in and you can also then help guide athletes. You, know, you can educate them a bit and say, hey, you know, you just did three intense workouts back to back. This is the negatives of that. And you can, they will learn it by experience because their legs will be shattered. But also, it's a great way to give that further coach-athlete interaction. Definitely. They're, they're, yeah, if you're not on training peaks, it doesn't really matter, does it? Because at the end of the day, a coach, a good coach will kind of know the stresses that can go on your body from any one particular session. And, and even then, tell you, you can, these are what these sessions are, you can choose what you do, and, and they, they can still, the athlete can still learn. So, yeah, really interesting. Yeah, I think um, going back to the... Uh, Going back to the subject we originally started on, which was picking our races, um, I would expect to see yeah. full circle. Yeah. I'd expect to see, um, for me personally, the ownership of the coach um, becoming more as you close you get to the races. As mm -hmm. in, for me personally, I'm happy to deviate from the plan during winter. You know, saying, "Okay, I'm not going to do this run. I'm going out on the bike with friends," but. I think if you've got an athlete that really wants to perform well because it's their A race, regardless of what sort of race it is, um, you, as an athlete, should listen to your coach. And then if you're not sure about something, I would not just go and do your own thing. Speak to your coach because you don't want to ruin a plan, especially if you're going off one week planning, you don't know what's planned the next week. Yeah. Um, so I think freedom is good at times, but other times, a discussion is good before you make those decisions to make sure you peak in the right places. And I, I, I still think how my coach does it is magic. I don't know how he brings me to peak. <laughs> He's a witch. Races. <laughs> burn him at the stake. Yeah, burn him. He is a witch. And a good guy as well. So, And that's, that's part of the battle, isn't it? Just being, a, you know, getting on with someone. So it's, you, could be the, you could be the coach with all of the knowledge in the world, but if, if you're not someone that can get on with other people, then what's, you know, what's the point? Most of it's just a relationship, actually. You, you probably do very well because you have absolute trust in Steve because he's also, as much as he knows his stuff, he's also a good guy and you get on. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you know, it's, it's just the classic, don't be a dick. Yeah, yeah, that's the saying, isn't it? Just don't be a dick. <laughs> it's that simple. Have you have you seen the um, have you seen the competition I'm about to launch as well? Have you heard about it? Um, no, I've not. I mean, I've I've seen whisperings, but uh, yeah. I've been pretty busy, so I've not been keeping up with the messy happenings. So, ne so, so please, next please week, do. well, next week I am I'm launching a competition to all of the subscribers that subscribe to the channel, and you know they can be new subscribers, and they have to. They have to follow me on Instagram, but I'm going to offer one person and I'm going to do the draw on Boxing Day, but I'm going to offer one person the chance to be coached for free for the entire season next season of 2021 by me. 
Um, and that, that's awesome. Well, they, have you have you mentioned that you're British triathlon level three? Not yeah, just well, Ironman certified. Not right now. That's, that's a different issue. Not right now. I, oh, sorry, not up and to now. And I will do in the video. But yeah, it's it's a, I am a level three coach, PE teacher, sports science graduate. So I'm not saying I'm the best in the world, but I kind of know some stuff and I can help some people. And um, yeah, so that's that's my way, I guess of. I was always I was trying to look on the channel about how I can give value back, how I can really give value, because I'm worried that people will think, well, why is he doing that? You know, what what's what's in it for him? And the only thing in it for me, there is no monetary value in it for me. It's in theory, if I launch the competition right and I get enough people kind of excited about it, it's it's reaching more people which is what I ultimately want is to be able to help even more people. So, and more people may be listening to the podcast and you know, all of that stuff. So that's the aim really. But um, yeah, I would, I'd hesitate to say one lucky subscriber, but a subscriber will get the chance to be coached <laughs> by me in 2021. People that are maybe suspicious of your intent probably don't realize how much you enjoy. And many other coaches enjoy a seeing athletes develop but B, starting projects. An athlete is a project for a coach. 100%. You take their outcome goals and then it's something new to work with. It's it's exciting. I think a lot of people might not realize that coaches get a lot of pleasure from seeing athletes develop and seeing them achieve their goals. Big time. I mean, this is not yeah, the first time I I've done this. The, uh, I, I think the coach from our old tri club, Ben, is a prime example of that. And he was Dave, a guy who, yeah, exactly, who worked tirelessly for other people and his real only benefit to get back out of it was that he loved seeing people succeed and he loved sort of sharing his knowledge with, with, with others. And still does, doesn't he? He, I mean, he is, he's such a giver of knowledge and time and he's so passionate. And I saw him at Heaver actually, while George was racing, he was there with a bunch of the seven Oaks tri club members and you know, he doesn't get paid for any of it. He co he coaches a lot of people and he helps a lot of people because he's passionate about seeing people fulfill their potential which is what I love, you know, which is what I love about coaches in general, I guess. Um, and, and it's not the first time I've done this, which is why I'm a bit addicted to to it, is just it's so nice to be able to offer people that I coach. So they pay me and that's great. And um, some people I just have Zooms with each week and some people I, I fully coach, but some people can't afford a coach and you know, that's fine. And so kind of the part of this is, I guess it's like that it's me feeling like I really can give back to someone that might perhaps not be able to afford a coach otherwise, which is, which is so exciting for me to see what I could do with, with someone and help someone. Can I win it? I'd like to, like to have your advice. I was going to say that. I was like, you got to enter because <laughs> it's, it's, the draw is for everyone. And I've said it to, I've said it to the people that I coach. I've said it to the people that pay me monthly enter the draw. I don't want you to feel like you haven't got this chance of winning like it because I don't want them to feel like it's unfair that they're paying me and yet I'm giving away a space for free. They all get why I'm doing it because they're all lovely people. But I've said to them all, you know, if you win it, I'll just do it for free for next year. That's that's the fairness of the competition. So hopefully, um, hopefully a lot of people will, will, will sign up. That's awesome. I think that's an awesome prize. Like, having seen how well coaching has improved myself and so many other people um having that consistent person that really really knows what they're doing um not just a bit of advice here and or there me. i'm talking about you know day-to-day -day advice helping you out and really answering the questions it's it's an epic prize that um 
Yeah, if something... I wasn't scared of my own coach, I might sign up for myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to stay with Stevie. Um, yeah, it's something I'm excited about, I guess. It's just, it's it was looking at where I could give back. And that's probably my best way of doing it. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Fingers crossed. Do you, um, do you want to know what excites me? Go on. Me and Ellen have just bought a van. What? Yeah, um, a, like a Japanese import adventure van. Double bed in the back, stove, sink, you know, coming to a race near you soon. What? That is amazing. That's yeah, we are packing it up with the dog and we're going to go on adventures. Oh, man. It's going to be awesome. Well, do you know what? I Not won't, at the moment. <laughs> I won't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you might have to wait a little while. Yeah, but... we're just going to drive up and down the street. <laughs> do are, you to... out, are you out of self-isolation in quarantine yet, George? I just forgot so... about that. So I'm out of quarantine, but I'm straight into a four-week work-from-home course. So <laughs> I'm basically still isolating. Oh, that's got to be a long slog. It's fine. It's Don't tell anyone, but sometimes I just sit there in my pyjamas all day. <laughs> <laughs> you won't, we won't tell anyone. Not a soul. Not a sausage. No, it's, it's fine. I mean, keep the routine up. So I'm still getting up really early, getting the gym work in doing a full day of the course and then session in the evening, sometimes a lunchtime session. I think it's just keeping that routine up as you know, everyone knows routine's important, especially for keeping sane during these times. Hell yeah. Do you know, I'm, I'm running every day of November. Did I tell you that it is starting to break me <laughs> with your pink wafer back? Yeah, quite. I, I, I cannot <laughs> believe I've made it 19 days in a row. Uh, that, that in itself shocks me because I've never run more than two days in a row in my life. Have you noticed any difference? Yeah. Do you know what? I'm going to make a video about it because it's, it's been weird. I The first five or six days was horrible and everything was starting to fall apart and everything hurt and like I was like getting glute pain and hip pain. And then I changed my cadence completely. Like I sped my cadence up, shortened my stride. And like the pain is gone so I'm wondering if my cadence, I just change it for forever. Um, so, so because I never thought I'd be able to run those long distances that I ran before again because of the injuries. So, yeah, it's been an interesting so one. So something's working, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, it's been good. So if you're thinking about running every day, I would usually say don't do it. However... Well, in fact, just watch my video first, and then and then I'll give you the I'll give you the, <laughs> I'll give you the moral of the story, like I like to, like um, like in watch my videos, He Man, back in the old my competition, yeah. and then then we can talk about. <laughs> yeah, I won't tell you anything right now. <laughs> right, we better. Um, do you know what? I don't know if there is a time limit today, George. It doesn't seem that it's like put a time limit on me at all. So I think has, has Zoom gifted us a freebie. Zoom has gifted us a freebie, but I think I think we've reached our natural conclusion today. I think it's been a good one. I think there's lots of information in there about how we plan our seasons and how to plan a season and how to book a race. How to potentially get free coaching. How to potentially get free coaching indeed. And um yeah, I think let's 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 call it. Let's the last week's one was like 52 minutes, so, um, yeah, we were, we were creeping this is, this up. This is a short one, guys. This is a short, well, it's, I don't know, it's been about 40 minutes, hasn't it? It's been a fair 45, one. actually. Well, I've been recording for 45. Yeah. Sometimes I just record myself getting ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just singing. Doing your makeup. <laughs> right, let's call it there. Thanks very much, guys. Let's chat off air about um, 
chat off air about uh, some guests for next week. But if you've been listening, thanks very much for listening to our ramblings. And again, I hope it's just brought you some value and I hope you've got something out of it. And if at the very least you've had a laugh somewhere down the line, then we win, right? Yeah, thank you very much, everyone. Yeah. Thanks right. for listening and cheers for chatting, guys. Yeah, Sam, goodbye. Have a great week, buddy, and I'll see you next week. And George, same to you. Good luck in your pyjamas in quarantine or isolation or a bit of both. <laughs> work. I'm working. That's what I meant. I meant that. <laughs> <laughs> right, guys, I'll see you next week. I'm going to play us out with our full jingle. There he is. And also, if you are listening to this and you're listening to this funky jingle, don't please don't forget to, uh, if it has brought you value, obviously, go and give us a review because it really helps the podcast get out there. Better reviews, better stars, more interaction helps Apple and everywhere that plays the podcast. It helps them know that people are interacting on it. So if you can go and do that, that would be wunderbar. And uh, if not, you know, whatever. Have a, have a great week anyway. We, we love you still. And uh, I'll speak to you soon. (laughs) Or we'll see you soon. We don't even speak to anyone or see anyone. We'll just interact with each other soon.